you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Foss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the show. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for coming. And uh, we have an amazing show to you today. When do we not have an amazing show? We always have amazing shows because we, we go out into the Google machine in the world, and it's online too, and we, we put in there amazing freaking guests. And we take the names that come up and we invite them on the show. And most of them say no, of course. But uh, the, 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 some, some of the really coolest ones are like, I'm going to do the Chris Voss show. It sounds like something to do. Uh, he's kind of funny. He's kind of ugly and fat. But uh, we won't hold that against him. Uh, we're going to come on the show. And we'll have some fun with him. I don't know. like <laughs> It's always the ramble, people. You never know where it's going to go. Uh, today, we have an amazing guest on the show. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you the secret. You, there's a hint here somewhere in this joke. Why does everyone love yoga teachers? Uh, because they bend over backwards for you. <laughs> uh, that's, that's awful. I'm fired. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, be sure to refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com for Chess Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com for Chess Chris Foss, the being LinkedIn group uh, of 130,000 people, LinkedIn newsletter, all that sort of good stuff that we do. Uh, today, we have an amazing guest, as always, aforementioned on the show, Casey Kingry joins us on the show. She's the owner of Lotus Life Coaching, and as you may guess... She may be into some yoga, so we're going to get into that as well. Uh, she joins us on the show, and she's going to be talking to us about her life, her journey, and uh, some of the things that she's experienced that uh, may help improve your life as well. I think it will, because uh, some of the concepts I'm familiar with, and uh, plus she's going to, maybe she might bend over backwards during the show, or at least give us information that will be bending over backwards for that yoga joke. Uh, Casey is dedicated to growth and authenticity. Uh, she's the spiritual mental and emotional transformation that she has created for herself which is deeply rooted in physical movement she believes that the body serves as a gateway to deeper places inside of us all i should check into that uh with her clients in both yoga classes and life coaching uh, she uses her deep knowledge of the body mind and emotions and nervous system what about multiple personalities we'll ask her on the show because i have some uh to unravel old patterns of behavior in order to break through old cycles and consciously create new ones maybe i can create some new personalities uh casey is a sixth generation colorado native who recently traded the mountains for lake life she now lives in minnesota with her partner one of her favorite things to do is ride their 1976 vintage twin tandem bike with her man when it's warm enough, of course, which I think is one month out of uh, all the seasons in uh, <laughs> Minnesota. Welcome to the show, Casey. How are you? I'm wonderful, Chris. Thank you so much. That was quite the introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for the show, folks. Everyone, uh, we'll see you next time. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing that 1976 vintage Schwinn tandem bike because I grew up in the 70s, actually. I had one of those bikes that had the banana. Uh, they called it the banana bike because it was like a banana uh, a seat. Mm -hmm. And then you had like this, uh, this roadster Harley David or Harley sort of, uh, 
thing that went up really high, which I guess was a roll bar, but I, I don't know what purpose it really had. And then you look like a dragster in, in it. And that was my thing. But yeah, I remember driving those old vintage twin bikes. So that's really cool. They're still around. Oh my gosh. Well, we were both my boyfriend and I were born in 1977. So it's oh, like, wow. it's a, it's a trifecta that we all kind of came into existence at the same time. And it's super, super duper fun. It's really, it's really, it brings us a lot of joy. There you go. Well, I drove those bikes and I was born in 68. So I got you there. Um, the, uh, so uh, give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. Lifecoachingbylotus.com. There you go. And let's get a plug in too for your uh, Patreon and your uh, podcast as well. Thank you so much. So my Patreon community is just patreon.com backslash Casey Kingry, mm -hmm. K-A-C-E-Y, K-I-N-G-R-Y. And what you'll find there is tools for the journey that you'll actually use. And then I also have a mostly weekly podcast called Doom and Bloom, where we take the challenges in life that exist all around us and learn how to interface with them in a way that helps us to grow and bloom and ultimately thrive. There you go. Doom and bloom. I love that. The, the first rendition of the Chris Foss show was just going to be doom and doom. So, um, oh. <laughs> 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 And it's some depression issues back then. Uh, so I love this doom and bloom. So uh, this is something you can listen every day. And, you know, if you're feeling a little in the dumps or doomy or you happen to read the news <laughs> before you, as you woke up out of bed, you can listen to this and get a pump uh, up and, and uh, feeling better. Totally. It's my belief that like every, everyone's going to get dirty in life. Like stuff's going to happen to all of us. Life is going to life all over us. Cause that's just what life does. Life. But I don't necessarily believe that everyone's going to use the dirt as fertilizer to really oh. help them grow, you know? Oh. And that's really what I do in my communities and my podcasts with my clients is help them take that dirt to help them to really grow something. There you go. I like that concept. So life, did you say, uh, I, 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 if I heard you correctly, life is, is, does life all over us or something like that? Life will always life all over us. Damn life, life just keeps lifing, right? It just keeps lifing. I have some lifing right now in my coffee. I mix it in. Um, but no, I like I like your concept. There's the old thing that people talk about, about it, when life gives you lemonades, open a lemonade stand and sell that crap to other people. Um isn't that the saying? I don't know. I forget. But like that. I like yours where you're, you're turning into something that, uh, you know, blooms, you know? Well, I mean, otherwise life is just a struggle, in my opinion, you know, where yeah. you just you kind of get through things and you don't really learn from them. Nothing really changes. You just kind of find yourself fighting the same battles over and over. But I feel like when you can really understand, you know, I, I feel like you know, we're like, like we start one place, but we don't finish in the same place that we started. And that requires our pr participation really. And us being willing to look at our lives and examine ourselves and be willing to grow. And that's, you know, not everyone has the courage for it. I, I guess I would say these days, but I think that that's where lasting change really comes from. There you go. And the beauty of what you do is you help work with people, coach them and help them get through that process. You teach them how do. to grow stuff instead of being doomy. I try, I try. And it's like a, it's a process. Almost if you thought of it like a greenhouse, like you were trying mm -hmm. to really grow something, it's a process of like pulling out the weeds and out processing old limiting beliefs that we might have or old ways of being, or, you know, I've, I've a lot of work I do with my clients is around habitual emotions, just kind of mm -hmm. sliding into these same emotions. And I feel like that's really what creates your life. 
So really doing things, examining yourself on a granular level can mm. really help things change on the outside. Ah, so if you change on the inside, you change the outside. I think a lot of people are too busy trying to change the outside first. You know, if I get the new car, if I get that new watch, if I get that new, I don't know, purse, you know, you pick your thing on Amazon or in the mm -hmm. fashion stores, uh, I'll feel better about myself. And really, you know, people need to go look in the mirror and go, what, what the hell is this? Totally, totally. I mean, in our modern Western world, really, we've been conditioned to try to spend all of our energy like clinging and configuring to our, our circumstances. And we try to spend all of our energy configuring all these forces outside of us to line up just so, so that we can feel good on the inside. And this is actually where the yoga comes in because the mm -hmm. yoga says, no, 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 that's an exercise in futility. Mm -hmm. You're just going to exhaust yourself because these outer circumstances cannot be controlled in the way that you think. So instead, let's just surrender that. That's an exercise in futility. Set all of that down and instead draw your awareness inward, right? And, and for me, what I have found in my own transformation and in working with my clients is that, you know, if you want something out there, it's all about it's what's happening inside of us is a microcosm of what's happening outside of us and specifically our relationship between our thoughts and our feelings. And so I work with my clients very, very granular, granularly to try to change the way they experience life inside of themselves on a granular level so that they can create the life that they want externally. There you go. Plenty of wisdom in there. What, what you, what, what's inside you, you know, you reflect that the outside world, you know, there's lots of different probably stoic sayings and stuff like that. Uh, I'm curious, why did you, uh, there's a great story, I think, on why you called your company Lotus Life Coaching. Uh, why did you choose that term? Well, it's modeled after Thich Nhat Hanh, Hanh's famous saying, no mud, no lotus. Oh. And that's really where I got the premise of everything that I just described to you is mm -hmm. that, you know, without the mud, sometimes we cannot grow. And, you know, I've experienced mm -hmm. a lot of mud in my life, mostly self-inflicted, but, you know, I was a person that drank alcohol for 20 plus years and really, it really prohibited me. I still had an amazing life, but it really prohibited me from stepping into my brilliance, from stepping into my highest self. And, you know, that's what I've been able to heal for myself is, is take all of that energy that I used to, to use you know, being spun up in that cycle. And now I get to use it towards my brilliance. And so that's, that's my mud. And I know that not everyone has that same kind of mud, but I think that the theory still applies no matter what your particular mud is. Um, going inward is almost always the answer I have found. There you go. And I can see how sometimes, you know, in my life I've, I've been, uh, I guess, uh, analogy would be stuck in the mud Mm -hmm. uh, where I'm stuck in the ways of whatever I'm doing and it's not working or what working out the best for me. Uh, or sometimes people are slinging mud at me. I get that often. Usually when I walk down the street, um, <laughs> people are like, Oh my God, it's a whatever. I don't know. There's a joke there. Uh, and, uh, so you just take that and you, uh, say, Hey, how, what can I grow out of this? And it's maybe instead of mucking about in the mud and thrashing around and wondering like, why am I always in the mud? You're like, man, let's plant some seeds and there'll be a field here someday maybe yeah that right. mud is always there to teach us something you know yeah. like these uncomfortable situations in life I, I always ask my clients like what is this season of life trying to teach you that no other season of your life can oh. and almost always like when we're in the middle of something and we can teach our brain or show our brain that there's any sort of benefit or any sort of good thing that's going to happen from this 
usually we can navigate it with more ease and we don't lose as much of our steam or our momentum, you know? So it's all about sort of, you know, in our society, we have such, such definitions of what's right and wrong and what's good and bad. And it's a very human thing to not want to face any of the things that hurt us. That's a very normal human Mm -hmm. thing. But really when we understand that there's so much, learning and wisdom and there's so much potency in those if we're willing to look under the hood in those areas and that's really what I help people to do it doesn't have to be scary it doesn't have to be miserable it actually gets to be pretty fun I think actually when you work with me at least yeah yeah well my psychiatrist looked under the hood and he's recommended a lobotomy for me so (laughs) we're going he's like we can't contain the the six personalities and the one that says kill 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 the judge says i can't use that one anymore um but so you went on quite a life journey uh let's talk about this some more you you're dealing with alcohol and 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 all this stuff and so you're incorporating a lot of what you learned in in uh getting out of your mud and dealing with it uh anything more you want to expand on your origin story there? yeah thank you a thousand percent you know i just you know i really thought for so long that like this, that life was just a struggle and that that was just the way it is and that I should just get used to it. And, you know, they say a lot of times, and especially with people dealing with addiction, that once you're an addict, you're always an addict. And and I'm not here to poo-poo Alcoholics Anonymous or anything like that. I'm a big proponent that, like, whatever works is the thing that people should do. And, and AA has, has helped countless people throughout the years, but really like I wasn't interested in focusing on my problems anymore. I wanted to get free from my problems. I didn't Mm want to have to show up someplace and say, hi, I'm Casey and I'm an alcoholic. I didn't, that didn't represent true healing to me. Um, At the same time, I came to this place in my life where I was very clear that unless I set down alcohol, I was just going to stay exactly where I was. And I had to decide if I was content with that. And so I finally, I, I did this amazing thing where I was able to bring my, my mind into agreement, my unconscious and my conscious mind about what alcohol really is. And I was able to walk away with it, wake, walk away with it. It's basically just a non-issue for me now. I have no cravings. I have no temptations. I have no desire to ever drink. And I get to really be free. And that's what breakthrough means to me. Not that we stop doing something, but we still think about it all the time. And it's still part of how I identify as a person. Like that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Like breakthrough to me is when we stop using all of this kinetic energy that's bound up in the physical cycles and the mental cycles and the emotional cycles and the relational cycles. I don't think people realize how much energy they spend (laughs) rolling around in their own crap. In their own mud. Yeah. Really. And so for me, it's like taking all of that as kinetic energy, freeing it from this damaging cycle, and then teaching people how to use that newly found unbundled energy to carry them forward, to get excited, to build something that they're proud of. And all, almost like 99% of the time when that happens, they, they don't even want to drink because life is just so good. And again, it's not necessarily about the drinking, but it's just taking this old energy that's stuck in this old habitual mess, unraveling it and sending it forward. And I got to tell you, that just ignites me more than just about anything. There you go. And that's where the breakthroughs come from. Uh, You mentioned something about identity. And like, I remember struggling with that. I I never had an alcohol problem where I couldn't drink alcohol, but I use it as a crutch. And so Mm. it was abuse at that point. Uh, But you know, I, I, I go get a bottle of Tito's that 40 bucks. You have to go down to the store. You got to make sure you always have some in the fridge. You know, if it's closing time, you got to go get your 
stupid yeah. bottle, uh, drinking a half a bottle almost every night. And then of course, mixing it with the worst sugar stuff you ever don't even get started on that. You know? Um, and, 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 you know, alcohol turns pretty much to sugar, I think in your body. And, and, and so drinking that for so long, I think a good 20 years, um, was really just abusing my body. And, and yeah. I look at how much, you know, at the end, your body just kind of goes, we're not doing this with you anymore. We're not having this relationship, but it's kind of your identity. Like people always would be like, Hey, Chris Foss, he's the party guy. You go out to events and clubs with him. And he has a good time. And, you know, you kind of feel like it's your identity. And finally I just reached a point where, and part of it was my body. It was just like, we're not doing this with you anymore. We're going to make it really mm. freaking painful mm. for days to you for your recover. And we're just going to teach you that a couple hours on Friday are about three days of hell pain. And, you know, I started listening to my body and eating better and, mm. and listening, but, uh, yeah, I finally got out of my mud and I was rolling around like a fat pig in that mud, you know, getting drunk and hung over. And finally I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And like you said, my life is so much more productive now. I'm not hungover. I don't feel dehydrated. I'm not feeling bloated with water that my body's trying to compensate. Uh, you know, I, I'm saving like, I don't know, hundreds of dollars a month in Tito bills. I don't have to go to the store anymore and buy that shit and deal with all that crap. And so, yeah, the productive nature of my life is better. Now, the fact that I took up heroin instead of that is the new problem. But that's it's always a trade-off. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Folks. Would you say that you've created a a, a a new identity or maybe yeah. an upgraded identity for yourself? Yeah. yeah, more healthy. I'm I'm kind of veganese. You know, there's mm. five trillion versions of what veganism is. Uh, and so I'm kind of veganese. I eat a lot of leaf and, and broccoli and beets and salad and stuff. And, you know, every now and then I, I, I go, uh, you know, I eat some meat. But uh, and there's some dairy in there. But for the most part, I eat way better. I used to go through 10 to 15 Mountain Dews a day on top of the vodka. And uh, so, you know, things are improving, you know. Good for you. It sounds yeah. like you've made some big upticks. That's that's really huge. I've tried to plant better in the mud, as you say it. Yeah. Well, go. it sounds like your body really gave you a message and that you listened. <laughs> it did. It was like, we're going to give you extreme pain, mm. dehydration, bloating, and you're just going to feel like shit for three days, four days yeah. maybe. And uh, have fun with that, buddy. Just keep going. Yeah. And I was like, ah, you know, this is the payoff isn't there anymore. And uh, I wish I would have stopped sooner. Yeah. That yeah. I, I I agree. Some might say that your body maybe gave you a gift sure. by pressing back at you and it made it very clear because for many people that decision that you were able to make because your body drew the boundary for you, a lot of people don't have that. And so mm -hmm. without that stake in the ground, what happens is their identity as a drinker can overwhelm them because we have so much cultural conditioning that mm. tells us alcohol is everywhere. I mean, it's infiltrated the fitness and the yoga communities. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I saw vino and vinyasa, I mean, I'd be rich, right? <laughs> so it's it literally, we live in a world that tells us that alcohol belongs everywhere. And so when you try to detangle yourself, it's not an easy task by any means. That reminded me that thing you said about the vino thing. That reminded me one time I was in Vegas and I woke up from a hangover and we've been partying like all night in Vegas. And we were in my, me and my buddy in his hotel room and, and, and his, his kid was with us. And I got up and I started and he was like, ready to go, time to party. And I made myself a Jack and Coke 
And I got up and started doing push-ups on the floor. They go, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to get fired up for another day. And then I'm drinking like, you know, breakfast of Jack and Coke. And my friend is like, are you really doing what I think you're doing? Like you're doing push-ups and, and then you're drinking. <laughs> it doesn't compute, does it? <laughs> it's Vegas. Uh, welcome well, to Vegas. Yeah. There you go. Uh, don't do that, people. Um, so how, what do you usually find uh, you help clients most? Or what do you find their needs are the most that people come to you that you, you help them overcome? You know, I think a lot of people are tired. They're tired of facing the same problem in the same way for years and years and years. And so I have a lot of people that are just, they're just ready. They're ready to try something new. And, you know, coaching is really amazing. And I, you know, I love therapy. I'm in therapy as we speak. I think that every therapeutic modality has its place. And also therapy tends to be really like rear facing and going back into the past to heal things. And coaching is very much like, okay, all of this happened in the past, but how is it showing up for me now? And what do I want to do with it? Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's really what I get to help people with. And, and to your point earlier, there's this kind of saying in coaching that it's not really as much about the how as mm -hmm. it is about the who, right. Mm -hmm. Is like, when, when you adopt the identity of a non-drinker, when you adopt the identity of someone who isn't a perfectionist, when you ado adopt the identity of someone who doesn't have to people please in order to feel safe, then the behaviors, the how, the answers sort of reveal themselves. So I do a lot of work with people, again, internally about becoming the person who can break through these things. There you go. Uh, it, do, uh, is there any specific topics you help people with or just basically whatever they're rolling around the mud with, I guess? Well, I can help anyone with anything, but I help a lot of my clients become alcohol-free or to change oh, their relationship go. with alcohol. So I would say that that's one of my best specialties. Mm -hmm. um, and also a lot of the things that I just named off to you. So I have people coming to me thinking that they are they married the wrong person. Mm -hmm. I have people coming to me saying that they can't redefine their relationship with food or their body image. I have people coming to me that are racked by perfectionism and people pleasing, mm -hmm. and they cannot stop allowing that to rule all their decisions in their lives. So, I mean, it can span a lot of different levels, but that's, I really help people unwind these sort of chronic, in, in yoga, we call them samskaras, these chronic oh. grooves inwardly that we find ourselves in. There you go. And so you help people probably uh, through not only, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into yoga and like there's the chakra and different mm -hmm. points and stuff. I used to go in for massages because I ran three companies at the same time was losing my mind. And if I didn't have my weekly massage, my employees would hate me. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, they would, they would talk to me about the chakra and all the, all the points across the body and how they, how they make a difference. And, and yeah, if you like rub the, if you rub my feet just the right way, my head, my eyes are all back in my head. Um, <laughs> and, uh, clearly, you know, my chakra, uh, but, but you, you help kind of merge those two where you take the yoga and the body and the mind and the heart and soul, and, and you, you kind of merge it together. I think when you work with your clients, is that a good analogy? That's a wonderful analogy. Um, and, and it, it happens in a lot of different spheres. So, mm -hmm. you know, yoga is a tool for processing. Mm -hmm. And we live in a world where we are used to processing everything above the neck, right? I think that if I had to diagnose us, I think that people are exhausted 
from trying to think and problem solve. And we're just all living in our minds so much. And what the yoga reminds us is that there's this whole vast world of knowledge that lives below the neck, right? Mm -hmm. If we can just turn the stinking thinking off long enough to access it, you know, mm -hmm. there's actually three brains inside of the body. There's oh, wow. the, school, the school brain, which we're obsessed with, but there's also the heart brain. And here's a little here's a little tip coming that came out of the HeartMath Institute is that the heart actually sends more information to the brain than the brain ever sends to the heart. Oh, really? The heart is a very powerful organ when it comes to communicating how we are on the inside mm -hmm. and who we are. And then the guts, the, the yeah. stomach lining is also considered to be the third brain. Um, mm -hmm. You probably already know this, but the the cells that comprise your stomach lining are made from the same types of cells that create the organ of your skull brain. Yeah. So with that gut feeling, that gut instinct, it's actually very, very real. And we're just not used to listening to the wisdom of our body because we're so obsessed with the wisdom that's in between our ears. So what the yoga allows us to do is shut that off for a little while and let something else take over. There you go. The energy of the healing. Uh, we've had, uh, I think, the different surgeons and uh, doctors that have been on and talked about how the gut is um, is so important, and it can sometimes cause inflammation in the brain, which causes you to you know not be thinking right and all sorts of probably other things. But uh, um, and how important that is. And they found that by diet and other things. I mean, I certainly perform a lot better as a person and feel more kind of centered as a human being, depending upon which person I am, and of course. Um, but uh, uh, if, you know, if I eat right, you know, I'm not putting the poison, toxic, uh, you know, uh, alcohol in the gut, you know, and that's all rotten away in there. God knows. It's a wonder I have a gut left after all that. Mm. Um, hard vodka. Um, and then food-wise, too. Like, you know, I, I've gotten away from you know, drinking all the pops and eating the mcdonald's all the time and you know, i said uh, god i used to eat out and you think about the crap you used to eat but that that makes such a difference in you know your brain and everything and the signals and and that heart i hear is pretty cool too it keeps you going i guess something like that well it it sure does but you yeah. know the, that gut permeability and gut health is really at the center of everything and alcohol mm. is one of the biggest um destructors or you know inhibitors or what am i you know Mm -hmm. alcohol contributes to gut permeability. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that organ is very influential all over the rest of the body. So um, mm -hmm. yoga just gives us this ability to turn this organ off so that the rest can turn on. But, but I also merge things on the life coaching side of things where I use uh, modalities like hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming. I can mm -hmm. use the yogic mudras or, pranayama breath exercises or i'll yeah. even prescribe kriyas which are repetitive movements to my clients that can help them flush through but i also use what's called eft or tapping with my with oh, really? my clients if you and and basically there are nine tapping points and to your earlier point they correspond to the acupressure points oh. so basically i can teach my clients to tend to themselves by pressing on these points not needing any needles so mm -hmm really it's like coaching yoga yoga coaching it all kind of interweaves um can i keep going is that please okay? do please do <laughs> this is intriguing 
the yoga teaches this concept of koshas, that there are five koshas that live inside of us, almost like Russian dolls. And they're mm -hmm. all different layers of our beingness, like wow. our energy, our, our, our wisdom, our body, different sheaths of our existence. And mm -hmm. so the way I see it is that when you have something that you want to heal or change, you have to sort of interface with it on all on the levels of all of those sheaths on, mm. on all the different dimensions of our being. So it's very important to see how addiction is showing up for you in all these layers or how perfectionism is showing up for you on all these layers so that you can out program them in all these spheres and then also do the work to embody the new pathway in all of these ways as well. And that's how I see embodiment and really tractioning this new way of being is making sure that you can clear all the layers and then also inhabit all the layers with the new intention. That's pretty amazing, man. I just learned something new today. This is why we do the show. It's just so I can Yay. learn new, new stuff. So we're, we're kind of like nesting dolls a little bit. Yeah. There you go. Well, if I, can I get the, uh, can I get a few of these nesting dolls off me? I need to get down to that thin little nesting doll. That's the fifth <laughs> one down or whatever or something. Well, they, they all are part of you. Okay. So we want all of them, but I think you're doing great. It sounds like you've made a lot of real positive changes for I yourself. Have, yeah. I want to congratulate you for Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, it depends on which person I is. Some of the mothers uh, still have issues, but um, yeah. But the well, frontal bottom is going to fix everything. Great. This one's doing good as long as he stays on. <laughs> Don't change during the show. Uh, mm. the judge says we can't do it anymore. Uh, so there you go. Um, you know, this is really important, and I love this, what you're teaching. Um, and I like the concept of the mud. This is going to stick with me forever. Like, Good. you know, I've always, I've always heard that analogy, turn lemons into lemonade, but you know, this doesn't sound any fun. Like uh, lemonade, I'm just going to pee a lot afterwards. Um, you know, it's good for your kidneys and livers, I think, lemonade, uh, since it's natural. But, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, it's, it doesn't really have the same sort of uh, uh, clickiness to, you know, hey, if people swing mud at you or if you're rolling on your mud. I mean, I can tell you, I've done, some, especially when you look back at your life at 50, you can really see the trail of destruction and mm. your pathways. And, you know, when you're 20 or 25, you're like, I don't know, this feels fun right now. And, you know, you're like, I don't know, everything seems to be cool. But, man, when you turn 50 and, I don't know, maybe people in their 40s, you look back across your life and you go, oh, I was probably rolling around some mud and mm -hmm. just uh, enjoying it a little too bit. And it wasn't good for me. And uh, maybe it's time to stop. But you're right, the identity of that, you know, people, people do all sorts of things with identity, smoking, alcohol, uh, you know, you name a vice, um, maybe podcasting is identity. I think it is. Um, but it's not a vice. I love this. Anyway. Um, oh, the people who come on the show, they're wonderful. Um, it's okay that that's part of your identity. It's part of who you it, are. Yeah. That's a good as long thing. as it's yeah. healthy. Right. And I'm not yeah. getting hung over from podcast yeah. Yeah. And, and I got to sleep for three days. Um, <laughs> I know that's a good podcast when I have to sleep for three days after a podcast. <laughs> um, but no, I love this concept of the mud and making new growth and turning your turning your mud pits into uh, healthy fields of green and grass and oxygen. And I, I, I like the whole imagery of that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have you seen a lotus flower lately or a water lily? I, uh, I probably have, but I'm really bad with flowers. Like yeah. uh, the only I thing, mean, anytime I've ever held the rose, it's I've always felt the thorns. That's a Billy Joel well, line. <laughs> that's a good one. Lotus flower. Are they the ones that uh, float on the water? They're really beautiful. They are. 
They are, and they're very sacred. Um, it's a, it's the state flower, or not the state flower, the country flower of India, and yeah. it's a very sacred omen to the Indian people. And really, yeah. if you, the way that the lotus flower is structured is that it grows literally in the dankest, grossest, deepest, murkiest, murkiest, dirtiest, sloppiest mud ever. That's something like bathwater. Right, but it finds its way out, and then it moves through the water, and then it just is so radiant and vibrant on top. Wow. And I think it's a beautiful metaphor. Yeah, sounds like my life: dank, <laughs> dirty, messy, and then uh, it turned into something halfway beautiful. We just had someone from GQ on on an earlier show Ooh. today, and uh, I was teasing them about, "Hey, can I get on the uh, man, most sexiest man list?" And they're like, "You know, you might be able to because all the actors are in uh, strike." So we don't, we, you know, we can't interview them or anything. And I'm like, cool. So I might make, you know, I don't know. Your shot. Top 5,000 or something. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But no, I, I'm a beautiful flower that has risen from the thing. But no, I love the, these are beautiful. I'm looking at them now on the, you know, yeah. uh, and it's a huge sacred flower in Hinduism and Buddhism, mm -hmm. which I think, isn't it that, sure is. uh, isn't that also centered in, and it looks like Christianity too. Isn't that also centered in with yoga and stuff? Doesn't yes. yoga originate? Those are all, they all kind of stem from this, from the same part of the world, from the same seeds. Most definitely. There you go. Well, yeah. you know, these are the re things that have stood with us for eons of time. And sometimes the, what is it? The truth and the knowledge is right there before us. We just have to go, Hey man, quit rolling around your mud. Eh? <laughs> yoga is an in, it's an indigenous practice truly and so to come back to its roots to me is really coming back to something real that's connected with the earth that's that's enduring i see yoga as technology on being human that that it surpasses religion and that it's truly technology for all of us to understand how how really to be human there you go. And uh, you talk about one thing. This is kind of interesting to me. I do something every Sunday called Gratitude Sunday, and it's on my Google mm -hmm. calendar to remind me, hey, stupid, have some gratitude. Uh, I think that's what it says. Um, and you talk about how gratitude maybe doesn't always work and how to build a blueprint that can get you there authentically. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that, please? Yeah, yeah. I might have to kind of go back a little bit to go forward. But, um, you know, you were mentioning earlier about identity. Mm hmm and how like changing the identity of a drinker and things like that. But, and that's yes. And also it's like, it goes even so much more deeply than that of like, I think that people are addicted to their own emotions and that ah. they're habitually like that they've been in relationships so long that make them resentful that they just slide into resentment, mm -hmm. that they've been disappointed about things so long that their bodies will just slide into disappointment and they don't even know it. And so they're walking around just with resentment and disappointment and all of these things in their bodies and they don't even know it. And then they're trying to be happy and slap joy on a system that's saturated with disappointment and, and, and resentment. And it just doesn't stick. Yeah. Right. And so again, I'm looking to free people of the things that are clogging their cells that they don't even know about. So they can actually have room for the thing that they want. And that's my take on gratitude. I work with a lot of people that if I tell them to go practice gratitude, they're going to punch me in the face. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, because a lot of times people are in real pain. Yeah, people sure. are in real pain. 
they're suffering and everyone in the manifestation world is telling them to just, Oh, go practice gratitude and it'll get better for you. <laughs> and that's really for these people. It's very, very, it, it hinders their growth. It makes them feel even worse about themselves. And then they can't access it, access gratitude. And they think, well, uh, now I'm screwed because gratitude is supposedly the, the pathway out of here and I'm not available for it. Mm. And so I have a whole podcast episode about how that's okay that makes sense. And if that's where you are, gratitude probably isn't available for you. And it's probably not the thing that you need to be reaching for right now. Yeah. Right. And so for, and then my coaching and it, it would be to try to get to a place that's a little more neutral and, and a little just more less filled with pain and more filled with sort of blankness so mm -hmm. that when you want to reach for the not blankness, but a neutral expression of what you're thinking so that, Gratitude doesn't feel like so hot and cold. You got to kind of get warm first to be able to get there. And so I usually try to steer people. I don't, it's kind of a nuanced thing towards appreciation. Ah. And for me and, and the work I've done with my clients is that appreciation really draws you back to the things that you can see and feel and touch and wrap your arms around right now in the moment. And I, mm -hmm. I, a lot of people that I work with, that's what they need. They just need to feel a little bit of joy right here, right now. And when you can just appreciate your life or appreciate your partner or appreciate your dinner, like a lot of times that appreciation inside of your body will pave the way to gratitude. What do you there think you about that? I like that. You know, sometimes I, sometimes I'm on a bad day. Like yesterday, there was something that was pissing me off. Uh, you know, there's lots of stupid people in the world. Maybe you <laughs> might've seen some of them. They're, they're usually on the news every day, uh, Florida too. Um, and, uh, <laughs> always with the Florida man jokes. Oh, I'm trying that. not to laugh over you, but that was too good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Florida man, Florida man, Florida woman. They're, they're always, they always make the best TikToks. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Um, and so, uh, you know, I was, I just, I was just pissed off Moody and my, my little puppy dog, she came in and she's like, Hey dad, I need some attention. She, you know, she gave me that push where she, she pushes up against my leg here at the, at the office and goes, Hey, mm. you know, quit messing with all that computer stuff. Hey, eh? come give me a treat and pet me and give me some attention. And, and I thought, you know, screw all these people that are pissing me off and screw whatever. And this is the most important thing going right now for me. Let's let's spend some time and appreciate this moment and, mm -hmm. and spend some time with her instead of spending the next hour or something, you know, getting pissed off about people they don't really care about. And you're like, you're like, uh, oh, man. So I love that concept. Let me ask you this. You mentioned something that was also interesting. It was called emotional addiction, I think you said. Was that what yeah. it was? Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's a lot of people are like that. You know, they go from relationship to relationship. I've dated all my life because, uh, you know, I never got tired of being happy. Um, and so <laughs> uh, marriage jokes. Uh, and so uh, a lot of people, and especially with, you know, my friends that get into relationships, they meet people that they're, they're, they, they stick with what's their feelings that, that, uh, that are comfortable. Like you talked about some people have feelings of resentment. And they just go from relationship to relationship. They pick the same type of people, the same scenarios they set up. And, and they're just constantly either disappointed. They sabotage, you know, the relationship to make sure they feel that resentment. And they're, like you say, they're addicted to that feeling because it's comfortable kind of in a sick sort of weird way. Well, it's just all that they know. And so the thing that people don't know about their brains and their bodies is that these, th this vessel is not designed 
for you to go kick butt. <laughs> it's not designed for you to transcend. It's not designed, like if left to your own devices, everything inside of us is meant to keep us safe, right? Um, and that just means that like most of us are creating our future based upon our experience of the past. Oh, and, and a lot of people so, get that imprint from parents. What's that? A lot of people get that imprint from parents and stuff, how they're raised. Totally. And yeah. most people never stop to question it. Mm -hmm. So all this thread, this generational thread just keeps getting carried through. This this habitual thread of relationship after relationship just gets kept, keeps getting carried through. You know, the subconscious mind, every time, every every morning when you wake up, all it does is it just takes the last thought that you thought the, the night before and it just keeps going, right? And unless we unless we interrupt that unless and that's why mindfulness practices that's why morning routines are so hot you know and, and why they make sense is because however we can interrupt that cycle and say okay what are my intentions this is where my life is heading but i want it to head this way so where are my opportunities in my calendar as i look at it today to be this person as i look at my calendar where am i going to get tripped up where how can i see that right now so yeah. that i can be ready for it you know so that i can hold my own intention but we're not doing that we just are in survival mode people just wake up foot hit, feet hit the floor and we're just carrying on the same narrative as yesterday as five years ago as 10 years ago and that's why i have a job there you go you know it, to use your analogy once again uh it really makes sense because if you're just rolling around the mud Sure, you're in the mud, but it's kind of warm and comfortable after a while. You know, you've been there and, uh, you know, you, if, you know, you're kind of like, hey, it's the same old mud. But I like your idea of looking to the future and giving forethought to like, hey, maybe there's a field over there. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should go over there instead of rolling around this mud, eh? And then we can run through the fields and be happy. And there's daisies and stuff over there, eh? Um, you know? So I love that analogy and how that keeps coming back to the original premise we talked about on the show. Totally. It's very simple, but it's not always easy because <laughs> it, it requires you to keep an eye on the prize while you're also letting go. Like there's reasons that people can't just snap their fingers and say, I was there and I'm here. There's reasons that people find it hard to say, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And so it's like, you have to keep your eye on where you're headed, but there's also this deprogramming that has to occur. The weeding of the ecosystem, the releasing ah. of old limiting beliefs, the, the, the releasing of the resentment and the disappointment inside of your mind and your body. You know, the subconscious is very, very interesting. The subconscious stores all of our memories, hmm. not chronologically, but in bundles according to how they made us feel. Uh -huh. So each of us is running around with a bundle of resentment or disappointment or fear or love. I mean, they're good bundles too, but I share that because that's what getting triggered is, or that's what getting activated uh -huh. is, is something happens to you today that pulls on this historic bundle mm -hmm. and brings up all these feelings that, that, that feel similar to what you're experiencing in the moment. So what I get to do with my clients is repackage and reprocess those bundles so that you're actually free to frolic in the field, <laughs> right? That you're actually free to interpret your life in a new way going forward. And that takes some subconscious work.
There you go. I love that you put that. That makes so much sense in why people get triggered and and how they're dealing with everything. Um, I can see how you help so many people with what you do and the work you do. Uh, What's the best way people that are interested in working with you and finding out more about you, uh, you know, how can they reach out to you and explore uh, if you're the right fit for them and you can help them? Yeah, going to my website, lifecoachingbylotus.com lifecoachingbylotus.com. And right there, you can book a free call with me and we can just get this process started and understanding like what weeds are presenting themselves in, in your life and understanding how to excavate them and create more of what you seek. There you go. I, I see like a YouTube commercial for you where like, are you tired of rolling around in the mud? And there's some Ooh. you know person rolling around. What? You too can get a you know it's like an infomercial sort of setup. Uh, I love that. Thanks yeah. for the idea. Call now. That's brilliant. There you go. I I think it would. I really love this analogy. You're like I'm going to throw away the lemons, lemonade crap. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, you know. Besides, I mean, who would give away lemons? They're pretty damn expensive, but mud's free. So there you go. Uh, give us a plug for your uh, wonderful podcast and your Patreon as well. And now tell us a little bit about the Patreon and and yeah. this is the community, correct? Yeah. So, you know, life coaching is an investment. Usually I see my clients for six months. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but I really like to work with people one-on-one for, you know, all the stuff that we're talking about are these historic patterns and it takes a while to unwind those and then to really integrate the new behaviors so that they're lasting. So I love one-on-one and also it's not always like the best time or, or the, the, the right step for people as they're on their journey. So I'd hate to only have just one way for people to work with me. So for just $5 a month, people can, can subscribe to my Patreon account. And like I said, I I, I like to put in their tools for the journey that you'll actually use. So for example, right now I'm moving through the chakras each, each month is a different exploration of the different chakras and there's tapping videos, live yoga classes, hypnotherapy, mudra lessons for people to supplement their own growth and journey um, with these resources as they walk along just in a little more accessible price point and capacity. There you go. And I notice, I notice one of the things you have in your Patreon. Uh, I think this is one of the videos or preview videos. You talk about uh, live morning rituals for flow. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll give some plugs to this. I started a thing recently where, you know, when I would get up in the morning, I come to my computer and of course, you know, the phone's on fire with, uh, you know, whatever's on the latest news and, you know, uh, earth, wind, fire, disaster, uh, all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, you know, there's emails and somebody's got to have something that they needed five hours ago that they didn't ask for until five minutes ago. Uh, so there you go. You're, you know, you're like, hey, the place is burning out. We got to get this email or whatever, you know. And so and then, you know, you've got all I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that comes at us. If you're like me, who has like 50,000 browsers open at any given time. And uh, uh, we only keep 50,000 open, though, because 51,000 is illegal in most states. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, um, so I started doing this thing cause I just felt assaulted when I would wake up in the morning. Mm. Like, it's just like, I turn on two computers here. I got my phone over here. It's just like all out of salt on Chris Foss. And I'm just, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. What's a good analogy. Like, like, you know, remember star Wars when they're in the, in the original star Wars and they're in the millennium Falcon, they're trying to shoot all the things. You know, the TIE fighters are coming. That's kind of how that felt. You're like just being thrown. Yeah. And uh, that's Fridays at my house. 
Um, but uh, so I, I, I was like, you know, this is, I, I'm just, I just feel like I'm just sucked into this hell. And I'm like, you yeah. know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. And so I, I started studying Stoicism and I keep the uh, side of the book here. I keep uh, Seneca, uh, Marcus Aurelius, uh, and different yeah. things, Emerson. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? Because there's this thing with testosterone. And when we get to my age, testosterone's a real big deal because you don't mm -hmm. have any left. And you're just like trying to eke out whatever's left in the tank without going and getting shots, which don't sound fun at all. I'm not, a, I'm against shots of any kind. Uh, and so uh, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out, sit in the sun and get my natural vitamin D mm. for 10 to 20 minutes uh, a day. And I'm going to sit in the yard with my dogs and they love it when I go in the yard, you know, they're, they're huskies, they're running around. Yeah. Yeah, it's how you're playing with us. And then I'm going to sit and, and quietly read, you know, something for meditations with Marcus Aurelius or Seneca or uh, any way the other stoicism things, uh, books that I have here. And I'm just going to do that first. And then I'm going to come mm -hmm. in and I'm going to sit down at my command center. And before I even open any crap and all that stuff, I'm going to play some piano music. And I really love George Winston for some reason just puts me in a nice, calm uh, mood. It's like a placebo sort of thing where you're just like, Ugh. and so I play that and then I'll fire up my computers and I really feel like I'm in command. Yeah. Like I have a command center here and I'm in command of everything. And it, instead of life coming at me going, ah, here's all the crap, you know, you got arrows and spears and everything coming at you. I feel like I'm like, you know what? I'm greeting the world on my terms and I'm in control of all of this here. And I'm going to deal with you as I please from my throne, as opposed to, you know, I'm just like, dodging things left and right so uh, i don't know if that plays into what you talk about on your uh patreon oh there goodness. about the oh morning ritual but um you probably have something that's a little more peaceful than mine well i mean it's not a comparison but what i'm what i'm hearing you say is that by doing that you're protecting your life force mm -hmm. you're setting your own internal state Mm -hmm. And you're being at cause in your own life mm -hmm. rather than being at effect yeah. in your own life. So well yeah. done. I like that. I, and I call it my, I call it a frame. So I establish frame. Yeah. It's kind of like an alpha Beautiful. frame, but I establish frame and, and everything greets me. But I love how you have this live morning ritual for flow that you talk about, which is probably along the same lines of, of getting into you know, not let, not becoming overwhelmed by all the craziness that can come at you in the morning. Totally. There you go. Uh, so it's been wonderful having the show. This has been really insightful, Casey. I've learned a lot of wonderful stuff. And before the show, when I did the research and, and uh, looked up all the yoga jokes that were out there, oh, boy, <laughs> that was a wonderful wormhole to go down. I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> um, so thank you very much. I love jokes. So thank you very much for coming to the show. Uh, give us your .com one more time so we can find you on the interwebs. Lifecoachingbylotus.com. There you go. Uh, thanks for tuning in to my audience. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, some of those crazy places on the internet uh, that we're trying to be cool on, but we're too old for it, like TikTok. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe and quit rolling out of the mud, damn it. Uh, get out of the mud. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.